Greetings, peasants. Welcome back to the Knights and Nerds podcast. This is Tim the Dungeon Master, and I want to say thank you very much for listening to this. Today is episode 53, and things are about to kick off. Uh, It's June 25th when this episode is coming out. Uh, We recorded this, I think, back in... Oh boy, sometime in maybe late April, early May. And we've recorded a bunch of episodes since. And I think we're going to wind up this campaign probably at episode 60. So we are... Like, a lot of stuff is about to happen. I want to say thank you to everyone who entered our giveaway for the Bloodstone Dice. You're all awesome. We're going to announce the winner around the same time that the final episode comes out, around there. I should say winners, because there will be two people who win. And honestly, a lot of guesses were very creative and made me feel bad about the choices I had made, because they were much more... (laughs) The guesses people made were much more exciting than I think uh, where this will wind up. Um, I think... I think if some of the guesses were accurate, this podcast probably would continue for another six months. Uh, I shouldn't say podcast, but this campaign would continue for another six to eight months, uh, which is really long. It's already been going on for a little over two years. Anyway, so even though the giveaway has ended, you can still get a discount at nerdychicken.ca. So that's where we got the dice, the Bloodstone dice and the Ethereal Vampire dice. There's pictures of those on our Instagram, which you should check out. Like, they're amazing dice sets. I regret not getting one for myself, but you know what? I still might because that discount code is still active. At nerdychicken.ca, at checkout, you can use the coupon code or discount code, whatever you want to call it, nerdynights, N-E-R-D-Y-K-N-I-G-H, TS. For 15% off your order, they have a ton of really awesome stuff. Dice, dice trays, dice towers, minis, other RPG accessories. Too many goodies for me to list here. So definitely check them out, nerdychicken.ca. Now we are going to rejoin our heroes in a moment, but first we'll hear a word from our new friend, Megan Catherine, who does a podcast called Girl Meets Nerd. You should check out her podcast and give it a rating or review if you enjoy it. I'm sure she'd be super appreciative. Also, shoot her message on social media. She's really nice, and she's good to talk to about nerdy stuff like RPGs and board games. So check that out too. And lastly, if you're enjoying this podcast, and I hope that you are, you could do us a huge favor by telling your friends about it. Tell your friends to listen to us. You could leave us a rating or review if you want. That would be great too. would help us out. But if you're just content to listen along to the episodes, that's fine too. Hey there, I'm Megan Catherine, host of Girl Meets Nerd, a podcast about my adventure into the nerdverse and your beginner's guide to becoming one. Up until a few years ago, I had only ever played Mario Kart and Monopoly, But then, I met a very cute nerd who spent most of his time exploring imaginary worlds with his friends. Very quickly, I was won over by this nerd and his fantastical world of games and adventure. Join me on the Girl Meets Nerd podcast as I explore video games, board games, Dungeons and Dragons, and much, much more. 
You can find The Girl Meets Nerd on pretty much any music streaming service, including Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Girl Meets Nerd Podcast so you don't miss a single drop of nerdy goodness. Thank you so much to Knights and Nerds for featuring me on this podcast. I can't wait to see what happens next for our heroes in this campaign. Last time, everyone was in Tall Hill. You trained up some militia with some very mm, dubious natural 20s. I mean, there's n- nobody saw them except for Candace and Matt. I support the collusion. <laughs> there was no collusion. They were real. <laughs> they were natural, damn it. That's what they all say. <laughs> uh, Katie had an encounter with a... Uh, Man. A, a, a farmer. <laughs> Some might say a sexual liaison. <laughs> what else happened? <laughs> That's all you remember. <laughs> oh, right. no, no, hang on. Hang on. I remember. I remember. Um, Faye did a little bit of training with her singing and dancing sword with someone in Tall Hill who also had a similar rapier, although it didn't talk. Mm-hmm. And you, you got a little bit of a bonus from that. And I believe that we had ended off where Elwin was saying that he had been trying to figure out some way to bring Claire back and he couldn't figure it out. He didn't know how to find her if she was alive, essentially saying that the realm needs a a symbol of hope Mm -hmm. now like it did decades ago. And I think that we were ending at the point where you had all the cure, new life cure that you could possibly want. And I think the dwarf ships were on the uh, on the horizon coming to collect it. And so I think you guys are getting re- ready to s- saddle up. And your plan is to go into Bullbrook. Sorry, go into Ferris Point and do what? You said you were going to give Arizak some cure. Yeah. Uh, I actually have notes, so I think I remember this. <laughs> Yay, no. So, yay! <laughs> yay, book, you got me. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think we said we were going to meet up with him. Like, the the purpose we were conveying to him was to make plans to distribute the cure, but we were using that as a ruse to, to try and steal the staff, right? Yeah, because we had previously made a, an agreement that we would give... Uh, deliver some, some of the cure to him mm-hmm. in hopes that he would kind of spread it amongst his ranks to whatever um that was before the whole trying to get against us yeah exactly but whatever we can still make good on that plan and and yeah use that then as our distraction yeah try and get the staff back the idea being that if we have the staff then we have the control of the iron guardians and that makes it easier for the warriors alliance to get out and blah 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 more people on our side are we Use, I thought we were talking about destroying it because it takes time to attune to somebody else. Am I meant? Oh, yeah, sure. Write it down wrong. <laughs> okay. yeah, no, that's correct. I remember that. Uh, that yeah, there, there's the option. I, I forget how yeah. long it takes. Maybe like a, a long rest or something. I think it's a short rest. Oh, that's it? Okay, so like 20 minutes or so. It's a short rest where you're doing nothing but focusing on accomplishing that attunement. Okay. Yeah. Well, then let's just get it. So you can't now. just be running and around. And then we'd be able minutes. to use them on our side. But if if we can't I, manage that, then we could destroy it and that would stop them from yeah. 
Mm-hmm. They wouldn't keep following their last command. Yeah, out of curiosity, does Elwyn happen to know, or does anyone happen to know what would happen to the Iron Guardians if it was destroyed? Would they just basically shut down? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So just yeah, like, so just like all the droids here. and the Phantom Menace, just like all the aliens and Avengers, <laughs> and uh, and various other tropes. Cool. So yeah, backup plan is just try and destroy it. I guess Gilly didn't probably spend enough time with this thing to be able to locate it once we get there, right? He didn't spend any time with it. No, we were in the same room with it. That's what I'm saying. Like we were in the same room with it. I don't know. Like, do you know should- how many times we've thought about? That moment of <laughs> me not stealing that death. Stole it. <laughs> I was the image of it burned in my mind. First episode. <laughs> I gotta be fair. I know. Because that would be real convenient. Either that or we need someone on, on the inside that could give us information. When we went to Pharaoh's Point last time, nobody actually went in to the tower, right? It was just like Brita and uh, was it Rumok? That were some some Gith Yankee. Yeah, kind of just watching in case Arazax left. No one actually went in. Hmm. I wonder if um I mean we know that uh Osa and whatever the other wizard's name is. <laughs> um Devin. Devin. <laughs> um they at least know the layout of the place. Uh mm-hmm. maybe they would have some means of communicating with some of the other wizards inside that might have an idea of where he's been keeping it or something. If I can, if I can, if this is a conversation that the characters are having, uh, Elwin would think that an item of that power, Erzax would probably keep on like in his possession at all times. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would almost think, uh, Gilly would ask with his intelligence of arcane, like if you didn't keep an object, uh, with you, would you lose attunement? I'm just saying, like, even more so, I think you you would definitely keep an item, like, with you so that you were attuned to it so you could control the golems when you needed to. I think you remain attuned to it unless somebody else comes and attunes to it. But let me double check. Well, the specifics don't matter so much, but I was more just saying, like, yeah, that would make sense that he would have it with him. Okay, so then is this going to be, like, a go in smash and grab type of thing <laughs> are we just going to try and get him alone and and forcefully take it or are we going to try and sneakily take it i think we're just like trying to keep as many options open as possible let's try to do something more you know con them or sneak before yeah. we have to start fighting okay. fighting's plan b oh and uh, i checked my spell book spruce mm. and it seems that um yeah i don't think i'll have any problems finding the object nice but i mean if it's on him Mm -hmm. then we're gonna meet with him anyway hopefully to to distribute this stuff so can um can gilly make an arcana check sure thing Uh, i got an 11 okay uh that's good enough do you you would know based on your background that if someone's away from an object for more than 24 hours like far enough away from it it doesn't have to be a great distance either uh, but if they're away from the object, object for more than a day, they lose attunement to it. Hmm. So okay. it really does make sense then that he has it with him. And he, and he told you where he usually is. The top of the yeah, tower. Yeah, that's true. All right. So then I guess uh, the next step is to try, I guess, get word to him, send a message to him or something. 
to say that we want to meet. I think we're already here in Tall Hill to take off, right? The dwarfs have the cure, and are we all ready to go? Well, it's a good question. Uh, I wanted to ask who you're wanting to bring with you in your little squad. Yeah, um, well, I mean, obviously, Brita. Well, we're taking Marty McFly, right? <laughs> oh, your ship, yes. Ship, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, if we're going to be in Marty McFly, we'll have Rumac and the four dwarves, Rangram and his buddies. Yeah, yeah it's a four. It's a it's a four dwarf airship. Four dwarf. Four dwarfs. Got good, good mileage. Yeah, and then like I, I'm assuming Brito would come with us. What about uh, what's her name? The dark elf. Lilith. Yeah. Lilith. Lilith. Do you think she would be? Original NPC. Would she want to come with? She's still here. She's still in Tall Hill, right? She's kind of made a home here. That's mm-hmm. true. So, I don't know if she'd be into coming. And then, like, we've also created this this little militia. Are they just going to stay here to help protect Tall Hill if things go sideways like that? Or would some of them be into coming with us? I think Gilly would, would err towards more leaving them here. Mm-hmm. Uh so that they have I'm pretty uh protective of this little town. Yeah. And and also if you mention that like we don't want to have too many people because yeah. we're going to try and be like I guess first we're pretending to negotiate and then we'll probably try some sneaky stuff and then if that fails we'll fight our way out. Yeah, we're not really trying to negotiate. We're just basically going to go in under the premise that we're delivering some Well the pre this uh yeah we're, we're going in based off of the thing that we're still following through with our deal so that's our that's that's our con okay yeah, yeah so we have to have a group that's like a reasonable amount of people to still seem like we're, we're just going there to fulfill mm-hmm. our side of the deal anyone that comes with us doesn't necessarily have to come into the actual wizard tower and stuff right like people can stay on the ship i figured the only people actually going in would be kind of our core group um, mm-hmm. And then, okay, yeah, you know, the rest can like. There's no point in the Bruce. crew coming with us and stuff like that. So, like, I figure um, the four of us, and then probably Brita and Rumok. That would kind of be our core group, I would say. Yeah, I don't know if uh, if Lilith wants to be a part of it. Potentially, Lilith as well. Um, and then on the ship, we would have the rest of the dwarf crew, um, and then anyone else that wants to come. But I mean. I don't know. Is there anyone else that we, that we need? I think that sounds good. Spruce military background is really showing here. Um, maybe we should just like ask people like <laughs> we're all getting ready. Obviously we'd be like uh, stocking up the ship and preparing. Yeah. So like, is, is anyone looking to come with us? There's an awkward pause. As nobody um, answers us. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, the wizard Devin wants to go. Okay. Elwyn also wants to go. Yeah. Why? Because hmm. he feels responsible for what has happened. Does he think he would be useful? Not that he hasn't been useful in the past. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just in this situation. Mm-hmm. He's an intelligent guy. Does he want to stay on the ship then and just be like close by to help? He he would be willing to do that, but he he says that he'd be even if even if he's just a bargaining chip to get leverage over Arizax, then that's he just wants to do something 
to help un- undo some of the damage that he's caused. How could we even use him as a bargaining chip? Like, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know that they really have any use for him, except to see him dead. <laughs> like, Yeah, I guess they've already like been inside his brain. They've already mm-hmm. gotten what they needed. Well, that's the, the mind flayers. But I mean, even the, you know, the dragonborn and Egoran's whole mission, I don't think they really have any any need for him except for the fact that he was like the right-hand man to Kalira. So having him out of the picture for sure. But that means basically, well, it's up to, it's up to you, Elwin. Gilly leaves it up to him whether he wants to come, but he should probably stay on the ship. If anything, he nods, he says, you'll stay on the ship. If the opportunity arises, I'll do something. What about dog? Oh, dogs, dogs coming. Now that he's got that sweet collar, he's definitely coming. He's a war dog now. Coming on the stealth mission. <laughs> Nothing like a dog turning into a war horse in a tunnel. Or so, on a ship. Can I, as the DM, ask, a- a- after you, you do this heist, mm. there was talk about using locate object to find the dragon bone. Are you going to transition on the fly from Airzax to going after the mind flares? Hmm. That that may happen. I think we need to like consider that. I'm guessing this is Elwin, like smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Elwin. But that's a very good point. It might happen. Depends how it goes. I mean, if they're in the city anyways, it might be the turning point where we, you know, get the cure out and then try and root out the mind flayers that are in the city. Find the base. I suppose if we steal the staff. The Dragonborn really aren't going to work with us anymore, though, eh? Well, they're probably not going to at this point anyway. They've already kind of teamed up with the Gith to do their own thing. That's true. And that's the other thing to consider now is that... I think we're going to really want to try to, like, take the staff. If we can pull that off and gain control of it, then we have the Guardians to fight the dragonborn soldiers or make a deal to tell them to stand down yeah. it might be enough that'll be a, a huge advantage the other thing to keep in mind though is that going into this we're likely going to be going into a meeting with Arizax as well as you know Arizax and probably some dragonborn as well as probably some of the higher up gith mm. if they're working together that's true so maybe we should ask rumok like if it comes down to it is he going to be is he going to be willing to you know take up arms against his former <laughs> um compatriots here because it might come to that you i think he was getting pre- he was getting happier the last time we talked to him so i mean he, he's coming with us on the ship as far as we were thinking so as long as he's up for being the captain and position you're gonna make rumak the captain <laughs> well he knows how to fly ship decent uh, yeah i guess so yeah I guess we all practice as well, though. But he only knows how to fly ships that you fly with your brain. Not cranking it hard. <laughs> he's, never had, he's never had to crank it before. We'll leave the crank into the dwarves. Polishing stones and stone polishing is a gnome thing. Well, anyone can do it. It's a great hobby to get. Yeah. Okay. So wait, what does Rumok say to that though? When, so Spruce is going to ask him, like if, if it comes down to fighting against the other Gith, would he, is he going to kind of balk at that? Or is that something that he'll be able to do? 
And Spruce is going to, at one asking that, he's, Spruce is going to remind him about when they were just in, uh, in Boldbrook and Spruce killed a whole bunch of monks. <laughs> <laughs> he also did say that the next time they see him, they're going to try and kill him. Yes, they did. Well, you can turn things invisible. <laughs> he's genuinely conflicted because he doesn't have any ill will towards them. He says he'll defend himself. That's good enough. He would not want to kill any Githyanki, especially because that would that would probably reduce the like that would work against their mission of killing the Mind Flayers. Right. Which is still his primary mm. thing. Okay, that's fair. So yeah, so Rumak, Brita, if so, I don't know. Let's let's maybe talk to Lilith and see what she says if she wants to come with or wants to hang back. She says, "Is Gilly going?" Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, right. Yeah, what the hell? I'll go. Nice, nice. All right. So we've got Lilith. We've got Devin. And then Osa will stay here with Teller. Elwin and Dog. Yeah. It's quite the crew. All right. So then um, I think in terms of preparation, we've got, uh, I mean, if the, the dwarf ships are on their way here, once they get here, pretty much all we have to do is load up the cure. Uh, maybe kind of provide some orders for the this kind of militia that we've created um, to just be vigilant in terms of, you know, kind of having people on watch and things like that. Um, Osa ha has, knows the spell message, right? Yeah, she does. So, I mean, maybe make sure that she is, is a close contact with them so that if anything, it kind of, triggers a response they can tell osa and osa can message one of us to let us know that something's happening and uh i don't know is there anything that we want to tell invidious to be on the lookout for or to be i don't know trying to do during this time i mean the plans coming together it sounds really good i was thinking that i might uh grab lilith and run off to check with invidious and mm. um <laughs> go in and ask him <laughs> if he has anything that we could borrow the time's come this is kind of a critical moment i know he had some stuff from before does he does he have any magical equipment or anything he can help uh help our people out i mean i'm doing decent but if he has anything for like lilith or who else is coming with us elwin does elwin need like a weapon Okay, he'll he'll look through his inventory. I would like to ask though, um, because Dane is now part of your tattoo trust. Mm -hmm. Are you going to ask him to organize and are you going to bring any Dwarven soldiers as backup? Because I think that that was something that you talked about too. I don't think we'll bring like I wouldn't think we'd bring Dwarven soldiers with us because we're like the small strike team. But if they're in charge of dropping off the cure and they're there with all their soldiers, then if we need them to fight the dragon board, like if we end up taking over the city, then they then they would like uh, maybe they could be useful then. Yeah, I, to be honest, I kind of just assumed that the dwarf ships that were coming had kind of soldiers with them. 
that, yeah, once we deliver the, the cure, that I guess would kind of be standing on... on uh... Do we do like a... Some of the ships have the cure on it and some of the ships, the, the hall is loaded with infantry. <laughs> and so like some of the cure lands and then when we steal the staff and things go south, the rest of the troops come out of the... <laughs> Out of the ships, yeah. Well, the 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 dwarf, the dwarven army was more for when uh, when we actually kind of come to a head with the mind flayers, not necessarily just for going in for the staff, but having them on standby outside of Pharaoh's Point would probably be beneficial. I think. Yeah, if they're ready on the ship, though, because they could really help, like stabilize the city if they spread out and just take yeah. care of things out in the street. So yeah, I guess then if we ask. Well, I mean, so if we're going to have like some of the ships be full of, of the dwarf fighters, and then some of them are the cure ships. I guess it depends. If the ships are already on their way, <laughs> then maybe we can't do that. Maybe he can send other ships though that have infantry. Oh, they are. They already left, eh? Well, they have the units that they have. Yeah, but I yeah, there's ships coming to Tall Hill to pick up the cure, but maybe he has other ships that he can basically fill with infantry to send over to tall hill to, to kind of meet at approximately the same time right so we can yeah make like a, a tattoo we already did tell them to bring like fighting people fighting people though right like are they coming from boldbrook with fighters i don't know i'd assume that the that the, that the dwarven ships that were transporting the cure were um like not defenseless but not like loaded to the brim with fighters mm-hmm. but if you want okay. to, to to pick up like a complement of of fighters, like another shipload worth of doors that are ready to throw down, then then you can just message Dane and you can pick them up on the way. Yeah, does he have like a riot control unit of dwarves? His big shields and like yeah, he's got a riot instigating okay. unit. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, let's get some of those. So we'll yeah make a, a quick meeting with Dane and and mention that and that we're going to be leaving you know basically once the ships get here we're going to load them up and leave so if he can have a ship basically ready to kind of meet us you know along the way do that was it dane that gave us a pair of sending stones or cell stones whatever they're called no you found them on some dead monks Mm -hmm. okay do we have both of them still yep uh yep because we put dane in the meeting right maybe we should give one of the stone maybe yeah instead of just having osa be able to send message maybe we should leave a stone with someone whether it's anna or osa or or whoever and then or one reginald of us or whatever, yeah. so that we can uh yeah or reginald well I feel maybe like maybe, marigold because she's a little more personal yeah maybe someone kind of in our a little closer with us um and then just have them be a contact from from the uh this little militia that we've created so that if anything goes down, we can actually communicate back and forth. Yeah. I'll put Marigold in charge of that. I think because she's already organizing all the, a lot of stuff in town here. Okay. Who's uh, who has the stones right now? I have them. All right. Hang on to one and give the other. And then pretty much we're, I think that pretty much covers our bases, right? We're pretty much ready to go waiting. We're just waiting for the ships. Anyone else have any, Thoughts, input? I think that sounds Criticism. good. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go. 
Face sounds so sure. Does everyone get the sense of like the general plan? I know like we can't have an exact thing, but I think we've prepared as many options and benefits as possible. Yeah. So if if I'm if it's all in my head right, I'm still working it out. Okay. The first part yep. of this whole big heist is to like meet with Arizax and to steal the staff. Okay. The second part is take control of the city. And then the third part is more the root out the mind flares and win. I, that's that's step, not done yet. Step two is control the city. Take control of the city. Okay. Step three, profit. Yeah. So like the beginning meeting with Arizax to steal the staff. We're trying to steal the staff and potentially uh, attune with it. Uh-huh. We, we'll have to like protect our ritual components along the way with that. Um, and then if we break the staff or we take control of it, we can release the, um, what's the guild that's been trapped underground? Fathom's Fighters. The Fathom's Fighters. And, uh, while this is happening, this is also the time when we'd be delivering the cure to the city. And then when that chunk's done, we'll be able to see how we go ahead with potentially like taking back control of the city. Whether we have the the big golems to fight on our side, or whether we just have the fathoms fighters because we maybe just destroyed the staff instead of attuning with it, um, probably using the dwarves maybe as some help with like crowd control in the city, or or going against the dragonborn if we need them to, and would be the opportunity to use anyone like um, the thieves guild. I'm not sure for what, but we could use them as an asset during that time if we needed to. I don't know about stage three. We just win. We beat the mind flares and we win. <laughs> Profit. It's a great stage. Okay. Step one, does that... the staff. Step two, improvise. Step three, victory. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. You could phrase it that way. That, that improvised step is real important. <laughs> I think there's enough points that we've prepared in the improvised step, as much as you say it that way. Yeah, have we talked to the Fathom Spiders? No, I don't think you have any way to communicate with them. No. Apart with words, when you can <laughs> into their face when you're underground. <laughs> words poking into their face. <laughs> can I try and send some Thieves Guild assets, like a couple little spies, to try and get a message to the Fathom Spiders? Uh, what's the message? An approximate time, which would be like when we're arriving, like the day that we're arriving to do this meeting, and that uh, they should be ready as they're, as like the Titans might uh, not be a problem. I don't know, word that in a way to not give away anything specific. Okay. Yes, you can, you can give that order and Vedius can give you a vial of oil of sharpness which you can apply to one weapon or five pieces of ammunition and for one hour they get a plus three to hit and damage bonus oh damn mm. he can also provide a ring of feather fall i'm guessing it gives you feather fall, and then you fall slowly, so you don't break your feet. Who's the clumsiest? 
<laughs> or who might be up high? <laughs> Who's the Does high? Does anyone fly? <laughs> uh, no. Spruce I, can run up vertical objects, but I, uh, vertical surfaces, but that's the closest. I also have slow fall anyway. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> ring of feather falling sorry uh when you fall while wearing this ring you descend 60 feet per round and take no damage from falling hmm. the sharpness oil i feel like might be good for vanna i'll happily take It'd it extra sharp yeah well hang on a sec uh because vanna has a plus two on her sword with those I don't know if those bonuses would stack because Spruce only has a plus one on his glaive. Oh, yeah, they might not. So maybe that's something we give to, like, uh, Lilith. I mean, she's coming with us, so. Does she have weapons? Is she all geared up? She's got weapons. Okay, maybe give her the, the oil of sharpness. The dwarven airships arrive, and it's not doesn't take very long for everybody to load up the cure. Uh, it's kind of late in the day, so they're they say, like, why don't we set off first thing in the morning? Everybody's had a long journey. Mm -hmm. Is there a tavern in this town? All of a sudden there's, you know, 30 dwarves. <laughs> thirsty dwarves. <laughs> oh boy. Faye, it might be your last chance for a big performance for a little bit. Ooh. Should we all go to the dancing rapier tonight? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's a handsome farmer I might like to see again. Oh, oh my. Wait, no, am I? The He's not handsome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you told me this now. I told Tim's you a DM. <laughs> it was just good in bed. That's just the only thing that happened. Beer goggles. Yeah. <laughs> beer goggles. I guess he's just a really charming fellow. I don't know. To each their own. It's Vanna. He doesn't have to be charming. He's got a plus three career. <laughs> to say like four words yeah <laughs> quick question before we're before we're just like chilling out did we ever I, I can't remember if we actually talked to Elasha to kind of relay this plan and I feel like maybe we didn't I don't think you did no so maybe while people are you know while the ships are arriving and stuff Spruce will kind of what you about to ding a tattoo trust yeah She's turned. She's yeah, so player. I know this is this was the issue because we had no way of determining if she had been compromised in any way. And that's why we hadn't been communicating with them really. But we need them to be aware of what's happening. They're all mind flares. <laughs> <laughs> it seems unlikely, based on the fact that they've been trapped in this place surrounded by Iron Guardians. But and remember when we when I went into the one meeting, I showed a picture of of a gith, and she didn't really... She was just kind of like, what is that? She didn't really have a response. Not the same way that Elwyn did. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. And, and so you would like to trust her and bring her into the plans? I, I, f I think we don't have any other choice, really. Because they, what, they need to be aware um, that if we're... What assets is she, she bringing us? The entire Warriors Alliance. <laughs> the warriors alive. Yeah. So fair enough. I was just asking to yeah, be yeah. clear. Yeah. Yeah. So so um, especially if we're going to go in and try and get this um, the staff, 
because essentially getting the staff, whether we get the staff or destroy the staff, that's going to allow the Warriors Alliance to to leave the the area where they've been kind of trapped this whole time. Yeah, she kind of needs to be be aware of of our plan, if nothing else. So unless anyone has a legitimate, real reason to not trust her, Spruce asks the group. <laughs> Speak now no. or forever hold your peace. Yeah. No? Spruce will have to trust, trust your judgment on this one. All right. But then, yeah, while the ships are arriving and, and the, you know, people are heading out to the tavern and stuff, Spruce will just um, ping Elasha. I'm assuming she picks up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and so Spruce is just going to explain kind of just vaguely, essentially, say within the next, I don't know, what's our what's our travel time? Like a couple of days, right? Yeah. Um, you know, in a couple of days, we are we're going to be uh, in Pharaoh's point and hopefully we are going to find some way to let them to let them out. Once we've accomplished that, I'll, you know, provide further information. But but basically, if she can start to kind of rally the, the troops and let them let them know that reinforcements are coming and that once once they're able to get out at this point, you know, it's not the the dragonborn aren't really the the primary enemy anymore and that we're going to have to once we free them kind of relay some further information but we're we're kind of trying to do a i don't know because we don't even know where the mind flayer layer is um i guess just mind flayer layer <laughs> I, guess, I guess just to to basically yeah start getting people ready and prepped and and then await further information Okay. And does she have any questions? Nope. No questions. What a great soldier. All right. Oh, and also <laughs> Spruce will pay his respects for Bernie Berm Berm to Alasha. And if she doesn't know what happened to him, then I'm really sorry to be the bearer of bad news. She's very distraught at hearing that <laughs> Bernie Berm Berm died twice, essentially once mentally and then another, another death in a more real decapitory way <laughs> she like so upset she kills herself and there goes our contact no <laughs> okay but she notices I think your bracer probably comes through in that meeting doesn't it oh yeah it's on me now so she sees the bracer and says that uh, she'll follow your lead to victory or to whatever awaits us I just kind of, I kind of nod at her and then exit the meeting. All right, Faye, you have a packed pub. It's full of dwarves who are drinking this place dry. What sort of song do you think that you're going to perform? A melancholy song. What? (laughs) (laughs) Just the most depressing scattered song I've ever written. Why so sad? This would be a war anthem. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Ooh. Fine, (laughs) fine. It's it's a call to arms, an exciting chance that rallies the armies and lifts the spirits of those around her. Let's see if she actually succeeds in doing that. (laughs) I'm picturing like, what's the song? Run for the Hills by Iron Maiden. Picturing something like that. I don't know that song. Is that Iron Maiden? Well, I'm 
I'm picturing. So tell me what I want, what I really, really oh, want. So I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Katie. That inspires me. I know it inspires everybody. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want me to roll for performance? Let's roll some dice. Yeah, roll for performance already. 28. Did you roll? Yeah. What's happening? Okay, 28. All right. I'm doing the math. Numbers are hard. He's <laughs> got a lot of numbers. <laughs> Big numbers. See, I would have gone with like a uh, a drinking song, like Drink and Fight by Ooh. the Mud Men or Carry Me Home by what's that band, The Living End? Or what? Carry Me Oh, Spirit of the West, that one? <laughs> Some Ale Storm, perhaps? Anyways, yes, I do a great performance. Everyone's happy. Okay. Morning comes. Everyone is... Actually, who, who's all who's all imbibing on this night? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Everybody make a constitution <laughs> saving throw. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Six. Uh, also six. 18. <laughs> I got 15. Brigida also got 15. We can hold our liquor, all right. Rumak got 16. Loth got four. All the dwarves <laughs> are. F- all the dwarves seem totally unaffected. <laughs> In the morning, some of them are still drinking as you load up onto the ships and you get ready to say goodbye to Tall Hill. Marty McFly lifts up into the air. Yes. And you're flying in this, I don't think it's a—it's hyperbole to, to call it, a majestic flying V of three ships with a dragon, a silver dragon in the lead. It's just under two days until you get to Bullbrook. And as you're flying over the city on this sunny, cloudless day, as two more dwarven airships fall in line behind you, adding to your flying V, and you can tell that these things are a little bit more heavy duty than than the ones that you've been flying with so far. Nice. Quick conversation via Tattoo Trust with Dane tells you that these are loaded with dwarven soldiers. And it's a few days until you get to Pharaoh's Point. Is there anything that you guys want to discuss before you arrive at the edge of the city? I, I do. Candace has had enough enough talking. Enough talk. Um, but I do just want a quick... Of course you do. No, but like, just... <laughs> just I'm trying to keep it together. If we have just a quick, like, even a five-minute chat of like, what, once we get there and we're talking with with Arizax... What's our plan to try and stealthily get this staff? Is it just going to be like a sleight of hand thing by Gilly or like an illusion? Like what is it going to be like a. Oh, see, that's funny because I was going to ask you, Spruce, if we were going to kill him or not. <laughs> Only if we have to. That that was a, the plan B, right? Is I guess plan. Why not just kill him when you have the chance? If you well, there? Because if there's a whole bunch of gith and other fuck them dragonborn and stuff i would rather not well kill and or incapacitate yeah i don't mind if he lives but he can't really be walking around freely if we're gonna 
pull this all off. And it, even if I stole it sneakily, he would notice pretty quickly that it wasn't there. Yeah, but if we're gone, then who cares? So let's just go and see. But we're, I don't think we're exactly going to be just gone after this. So I think there's going to be some fight involved. All right. I will happily, happily stab and kill. I have no qualms about that. At the least, if we're trying to take control, then I need to get the staff and then focus my attention or someone else who can use a magical item Mm -hmm. needs to, like, get it and focus their attention to uh, attune to it. Yeah, we almost need, like, whoever gets it needs to, like, leave, (laughs) like, or run away and get... Well, they need to, like, stay there and we can, like, defend them. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, question. Who's got the Ring of Feather Falling? I guess I still have it on me. Would anyone like to equip it? Yeah, because you could just, like, run and jump out the window of the tower after you get the, hmm. the staff. I can turn invisible. With the staff. Yep. Right, if you have it. Mm-hmm. All right, so Faye, mm-hmm. Faye should take the fe- the ring. I'll take the ring. Is it sparkly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's sparkly. Cool. cool. Some extra bling. Um, now... I know you guys like to touch all bases and go over all the possibilities. If you don't touch all bases, the home run doesn't count. Okay. That's a sports home. <laughs> I'm just going to say. <laughs> but have you considered what happens if they challenge us to a dance battle? <laughs> nah, you're really trying to go with all the bases then. Well, I have 20 dexterity, so I'd be willing to take on that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just that out there. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Uh, also, how did we how did we send message to Arizax that we were coming? Oh, I think Osa had done that once before, so she would have done it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking since he knows we're coming, that'll make sense when he sees the cure ships while they're dropping the cure along with the soldiers that are going to stay hidden. Yeah. We'll go in for a meeting. So those two, the two ships filled with soldiers, they should. We really only need, we need our ship and we need one of the cure ships to go to the wizard's tower. The other ship with the cure and the ship. Do we need a whole cure ship to come to the tower? Well, whatever. Or we need to bring some with our ship. Either way, the rest of the cure and all the soldiers should go to a, a predetermined place to meet up with um, Martin and uh, Madrash to get the rest of the cure into the city and then potentially also start siphoning those, the dwarves into the city or have them on standby kind of just outside. So at a certain point before getting mm-hmm. too close to, to um, Pharaoh's point, we need to kind of split off where our ship is just going to go up with a bunch of the cure to the wizard's tower. Everyone else is going to go and meet up with the, uh, with Martin. Yeah. They're just going to be going out to the city. Yeah. Okay. So the dwarven ships are going to land and hand out the cure to to various people on the ground? We have some uh, air, like, gaseous cure. Yeah, we did want to just drop some. Yeah, kind of crop dust the city with the airborne one. Mm-hmm. But then we also wanted to get the rest into the city. So, I mean, is that... Can we just land in the... Can they land in the middle of the city and start doing that? Or is that going to make them a huge target? Like, we had talked already with Martin and Madrash about kind of sneaking it well that's the thing since we're going in for a meeting i think that's our cover to allow them to like end up landing because we can tell arizax like some of it is gas so we can drop it on populated areas but then we'll have to land and hand out the rest yeah 
and we'll also have to land to deliver it to his people. But that also, unless we take that, also draws a portion of the cure. That also draws attention to all the mind flayers, though. Yeah, they're gonna know. Can't keep t- secrets from them. Yeah, but I mean, as soon as those ships land, then they'll be sitting ducks, basically. Well, they're, that's why they have warriors. Yeah, so maybe if we could make them land potentially somewhere near the Warriors Alliance so that once we get control of the staff, they'll have kind of backup. Sounds like a plan, I guess. <laughs> it's your fourth day aboard Barney McFly, your silver-headed dragon airship. Your crew and you are getting along famously. Rumak is behaving like a normal creature from this plane and not a interstellar Viking raider. Nice. Dwarves are surprisingly talking only a little bit about cranks. Spruce, give me an animal handling check. Yeah, I was waiting for one of those. Oh god, no. <laughs> what just... <laughs> Even on this end, I could tell that was a disaster. <laughs> throwing stuff everywhere. That's right, yeah. It sounded like your chair like fell apart and you <laughs> fell over. <laughs> Uh, that is a 22. Okay. So you teach dog a new trick. You teach dog how to sick, I guess. Nice. You'd be like, get him. Yeah. Get him, dog. Okay. And as you are nearing Pharaoh's Point, the familiar skyline of the city, you see the form of two Githyanki airships sort of approaching you. They're sort of like arcing around to, I guess, sort of uh, fly on your left and right. And you can tell that they're sort of motioning you towards the wizard's tower of the Arcane Academy. It is the tallest structure in the city. Candace is just flipping off the ships that were coming in. (laughs) Oh, okay. Both sides. (laughs) Peace among worlds. (laughs) Now, Devin probably would have informed you that the very top of the wizard's tower in the academy is an observatory. So it is largely uh, open to the outside. It has a a gigantic telescopic device in the center. Uh, It's protected from, from strong winds by a rudimentary magical barrier, but regular objects can still pass through it. But the openings on the uh, on the top and on the sides are like the sides are large enough for two or three people to comfortably walk through. So they're about 15 feet on each side. Each each wall is about 40 feet. So there's no real windows, it's more just like large archways that open up to the outdoors. And this is what you're going to be flying up next to and disembarking through, if that makes sense. Yeah. Am I explaining things yeah. correctly? I always think I'm explaining yeah. things well, and then I'm like, oh, kind wait, of- I, didn't, I, I left out this crucial detail. Yeah, so I'm picturing like almost like a big hangar bay door like up on the top of a tower. Yeah, so like the airship's not actually going to land. It's just going to hover beside. Yeah, and this the sort of hangar doors are on on each side. Yeah. So there's it's quite open. So you can like see all the way through. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. So who is going to be disembarking? Well, all of us. Yep. Mm-hmm. I hope. Mm-hmm. 
Brita and Rumok. Uh, does Lilith want to come with? I think she'll stay on the ship. Okay. She feels a little bit weird because uh, Arizax used to pay her to lead Dragonborn down uh, into the underground. So okay, uh, yeah. So what? Just the six of us, I guess. And dog, dog will be with me. And you have some cure that you're unloading as well. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess stuff we're giving specifically to Arizax. At first, what you see is a handful of Githyanki, including Grath. Some of the other Githyanki from his ship are standing in each corner of this of this room. Arizax walks around from behind the large telescope. Is that what you would call it? Is it tele- like in an observatory? <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. us. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. But this, this, uh, it has like this big chair that you would sit in and essentially just look into this gigantic brass uh, tube. I'm kind of picturing the big contraption from uh, the Dark Crystal. Did anyone else see that? Mm. <laughs> There's like no. a telescope, but it's all fantasy. We're the worst. Mm. All sorts of like twisting tubes and levers and pulleys. And- oh, it sounds. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> the worst 80s uh, kids. None of us have seen the Dark Crystal except for Tom. There's been a new one even. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> a steampunk telescope is what you're describing, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's so big that you have to sit down in this big reclining yeah. bucket seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arizak smiles at you. Probably the first thing that you notice is uh, the staff in his hand. Oh. Which he sort of uses as a walking stick. Oh, that's good. And he says, ah, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Finally in the flesh. I see that you've lived up to your part of the bargain. Indeed. We are people of our word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cargo ships should be landing in the city and uh, spraying certain areas with the cure. We have brought some... For for you and your personal guard and such. Mm-hmm. Can one of you open this up and maybe take some of it? I just want to be sure that I'm not getting poison. I just pop or some oh, other chug it. <laughs> She's been drinking it a lot. She's very untrusting lately. <laughs> she doesn't even trust herself. It only cures you. Yeah, so she just, the taste isn't half bad. No. It's Little dragony. Very interesting. It's a little what? Dragony. From the dragon bone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. How do you know what dragon tastes like? It's what I imagine. Smoky, side of scales. Said there were more airships here than I thought there would be. You're not trying to not trying to make a move on me, are you? Faye? <laughs> you trying to seduce this man? Never. I also don't seduce anyone. <laughs> I mean, if by... Well, no matter. If by make a move, you mean trying to distribute more of the cure, then, well, yes. Hmm. Right, well, I, I suppose I'll live up to my end of the bargain, too, and not engage in some kind of mass slaughter of, of these helpless peasants and commoners. So, uh, Tim, where are we talking right now? Like, are we out in the hangar here? Yeah, you're in the, you're in the observatory. Okay. Yeah, it's 
even though a lot so much of this room is open to the outside there's no, like the the air inside is very still rumak is looking around uneasily at his brethren and they're sort of looking at him giving him sneering looks and there's how many gith here along with erzax four and there's no dragonborn no there's no dragonborn so just the five of them, one of whom is Graf. Mm-hmm. Is that the other like higher up one? Is he there? Nope. Okay. He says, well, I think you must probably be wondering why the Githyanki are with me. Nope. I mean, we were aware that you guys were making deals with each other. Hmm. No, that doesn't surprise me. You, f- you are so resourceful. Well, I mean, you met with them on the ship we were on. We were kind of like real close by. <laughs> hmm. But anyways, how are things going with you two? So resourceful, and, so resourceful and I still constantly underestimate you. It's, it's a weird. <laughs> <laughs> we're used to being underestimated. Yeah, it's the height. <laughs> <laughs> Both Spruce and Faye are like, what? <laughs> I made a deal with them that I would try to complete something. I would try to complete that device so that we could bring in whatever that... What is it that they're trying to bring in? A brain? The elder brain? Yes, yeah. So that we could complete complete that device and then bring the brain in at a time and place of our own choosing and then just annihilate it. Wow, that's you're very confident. Were we told that that thing came? It's game over. Yeah, I mean, I know we didn't know the gift for long, but it wasn't. I wouldn't have expected them to be so overconfident. Well, maybe when they had you as allies, they were right to be modest in their expectations. But didn't they say that? Yeah, like once the this elder brain enters the plane, isn't it basically? Lights out for us. They said it was like game over if that thing got here. Yeah, it it can control this population that's been primed to control it. But what if we don't bring it in here? Anyways, that's that's all moot because I don't think it'll be involved unless there's a sudden stillness in the air, and you can see the Githyanki sort of looking around as though they sense something. Does does Rumak uh, react? Yep. There's a there's a there's a flash of light, subtle blue light on the deck of your ship. And there's a dragonborn, a big one, carrying a battle axe. And next to it is a mind flare. Everybody roll initiative. Oh sh- Nikes. Spruce got 21. 16. I got an 8. I got a 9! <laughs> Ooh. So excited. Yeah. Okay. Spruce, it's your turn. The airship, your airship, Marty McFly, is still hovering alongside the tower. You sort of crossed from a, uh, a plank, which is still in place. And now there are these two enemies standing on the deck of your ship. 
So how how far away are we from them? I'd say probably about 30 feet. I guess can I just ask, Gilly would probably like shout like, Erzax, what the hell is this? So I don't know what his reaction is like. He he looks surprised. Somewhat like annoyed and a mixture of annoyed and amused, but he's surprised. Okay, Spruce is going to take out his longbow and try and shoot the Mind Flayer with a magical arrow. It's going to be 17 to hit. Yeah, 17 hits. Uh, I'm going to use Kensei's shot for that as well. So it does a total of 12 piercing damage. And then I'll shoot him again. And that's going to be 15 to hit. 15 hits. Nice. That will do seven piercing. All right. Now, just as a question, when I'm commanding dog um, with these like whistle commands, would that be a bonus action? Oh, I believe that's like a free action. Hmm. And the the one whistle lets me turn him into a a dire wolf, you said, right? Uh huh. And then these reset. Did you leave him on the ship, or did you take him with you? No, he's with me. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's all I'm going to do for now. All right. The mind flare surges forward across this plank and focuses. It locks its eyes on Giladob. But all of you are going to have to make an intelligence saving throw. Also make one for Brita and Rumak. Tom, how'd you do? Uh, that's 26. For an intelligence saving throw. Holy crap. Jeez. Yeah, I rolled a 19. So. Fucking intelligent. Matt? 22. Candace? 18. What? <laughs> <laughs> we smart today. And Katie? Rolled 19. 19. Oh, Holy crap. Damn. And um, Tim, can you just clarify what that magical item, because that influences our intelligence saving throw right the the buff that elwin gave you yeah it allows you to add your proficiency bonus to your intelligence saving throw did this are all of the the gith and erzax also making these checks these saving throws uh you weren't standing close enough yeah uh but rumark got a natural 20 Nice. Frida got a 17 everybody passed holy <laughs> shit I like that you were the most surprised that I did. <laughs> you got dumber before. <laughs> All right. Everyone feels this wave of malevolent psychic energy pass over you, but maybe it was your previous experience with it that has given you a little bit more resolve this time. But your relief is short-lived as this dragonborn barbarian comes charging down the plank and heads towards Giladob. Mm-hmm. These guys really don't like you, Gilly. Can I ask a quick question? <laughs> Is this dragonborn barbarian, does he have a name? <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell for sure, but the initials CV are carved into the blade of its axe. Yes. <laughs> it's me! <laughs> 
Oh. That's what you were confused about? You just thought I wanted to know his name for no reason? <laughs> I thought you were going to try and reason with him no. by saying his name three times. That's what I yeah. thought, too. Uh, <laughs> I should have. Good old Carator the Victorious. Yes, Carator! All right. It's going to make two attacks with its great axe against Giladab. What's your armor class? It's 19. He swings wildly through the air once, and you easily dodge it. The second attack does hit. And does 14 points of slashing damage. Okay, I'm going to use Uncanny Dodge to cut that in half. Okay. It's also going to use its breath weapon on you. Can you make a dexterity saving throw? So a 15? 15, okay, yes. You easily dodge out of the way of this fire breath. Oh, great. I was worried there. Vanna, you're up. And then, Faye, you're after. Conjure Barrage! You're a Conjure Barrage? Yeah. Jeez. Big guns. Yes. What, can you explain what that does? I throw a non-magical weapon or fire a piece of non-magical ammunition into the air to create a cone of identical weapons that shoot forward and then disappear. So what do these, what do these two have to do? They have to... Well, uh... They have to succeed on a deck saving throw. Uh, roll 3d8 damage. You take all of that on a failed save or half on a successful one. So both of them will pass. So they're going to take half damage? Yeah. All right. So roll 3d8. 15? Do we round up or down? I think we round up. All right, Faye, you're up. All right. So I'm going to send Max up in the air. Mm-hmm. Go near the mind flare. Okay. And attack him. So let's double check. Alright, make an attack roll. Fifteen. Fifteen's the total? Yeah. That does do it. Oh, good. Twelve. Twelve points of damage? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I want to also do... Uh, breed... I want, I want to Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Bardic Inspiration for... Who's next? Who's next? Brita? Brita is, and then it's Gilly. Um, I'll give it to Gilly. is uh, going to go up with a sword attack on the Barbarian. Try to even things out there. Uh, one miss and one crit on the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Go, Brita. Gilly, your turn. I will use Booming Blade on my Venomous Dagger. Sorry, I was just checking the poison condition, but I think I have to use an action to coat the dagger in poison first. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, this will just be the action for Booming Blade then. Ooh, I rolled a nat 20. Whoa. Nice. Two crits in a row. So... Yeah, that's like a 30 against his armor class. I mean, I think that'll do it. I think I can stab him through his armor. Okay, this is going to be a lot of dice. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to write some numbers down here. So the initial just dagger deals nine. If I crit hit, how do crits work in our 
So it's it's max weapon damage, and then you roll your weapon damage again. Okay, so I already rolled to get the nine, and then I would just add max weapon damage? Yeah. So that's 19. And now I get sneak attack, which is another 16 damage. And Booming Blade does 1d8 thunder. So that's another 5. So, so 40. 19, 16, and 5. 40. Ouch. That is a big sneak attack. That's a yeah. crit sneak attack with Booming Blade. And now he's all filled with energy. And so if he moves, he'll take more damage. Uh, I will use my... Um, cutting action to disengage and back up from him. Rumak is rushing towards that mind flare. Yeah. The barbarian will take a sneak attack, or not a sneak attack, an attack of opportunity against him. Which does hit, so he's going to take a bit of damage. Both his attacks on the mind flare miss. Oh, Rumak, you're the worst kid ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say that actually to him. I don't want to hurt his little feelings. Spruce, back up to you. Glaive time against the Mind Flayer. Uh, 16 to hit. 16 does hit. And that does 14 slashing. I'm going to make that a stunning strike as well. So the Mind Flayer has to make a constitution saving throw against 15. Uh, it does pass. Okay. It is not stunned. So I'll attack again. That will be 19 to hit. That's going to be uh, 13 slashing damage. And I will make that a deft strike. Which will do an extra one. And then I'm going to make <laughs> an unarmed attack as well. Which will be... 22 to hit and that does 7 bludgeoning it's looking very rough very rough indeed uh, okay wait um, and you said it would be a free action to do the, the whistle command for dog uh yeah okay I'm also gonna do the whistle that turns dog into a dire wolf so mm, now when I'm does this dire wolf act on my turn or how does that work? Um, I think we'd give him his own initiative. Okay. Do you want to roll for him? Sure. It would, I'm assuming, just be a straight roll. No, nothing to add. You have the uh, dire wolf stats? I do not. I'm uh, looking them okay. up. Uh, this is for initiative. Is that the dex bonus? Mm -hmm. It's got a plus two to dex. All right. So 16. Now, I don't have anything about the dire wolf in front of me. Is that in the player's handbook? Probably not, right? Yeah, it's got a bite attack that's plus five to hit and does 2d6 plus three piercing damage. Uh, and if the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 13 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. It's got keen hearing and smell and pack tactics. So he gets advantage... Uh, on his attack rolls against a creature if at least one of the wolf's allies is within five feet. Oh, nice. Okay. Believe it or not, the Mind Flayer did not like that. <laughs> so it's going to try to recharge its Mind Blast, but fails. Heh. 
So it looks at Spruce and its tentacles reach straight towards you. It's going to try to grasp you with its tentacles. And I rolled an 18. Oh no! Plus 7 to ah! hit. Yep. See us, Bruce. Mm. Good thing you did a lot of talking today. Burn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're going to take 21 points of psychic damage from the oh. tentacles. Yikes. And you are grappled. Uh, Kate, the barbarian's going to uh, ignore Brita and continue to go after Gilly. Uh, so it will set off the booming blade effect. So do you want to roll that damage? Yes. And then also, like, I disengaged, so I think he'd get an attack of opportunity from uh, the other fighter that was with me. Brita. It's Brita. You know her. <laughs> I, I just forgot the name. From Brita. Get rid of Brita. <laughs> Getting rid of the bees. She's a genie. <laughs> Six and a two, so eight. Okay, Brita unfortunately misses her opportunity attack. Oh, come on, Brita. She's like, what? I'm just, he's big, but he's quick. So again, uh, one attack goes wide, one attack does connect, and does 12 points of slashing damage. Okay, so I'll be able to half the damage. Uncanny dodge. It's Vena, and then dog. Uh, can you, sorry, describe the Mind Flare. Like, is he on top of Spruce? It, it's, Spruce is like sort of standing in front of him. Uh, it has its tentacles wrapped totally around his head. Okay. And I'm still like a decent distance away from it? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to use my longbow and... Sharpshooter feet. Okay. So that'd be 20. Yeah, that'll do it. That'd be 22. I think you only get your sharpshooter on one, right? Oh. Or does it. Well, I don't think it says. I don't think it specifies it's only one. Well, just do the first one, because okay. I'm not confident that it's going to survive until a second shot. Okay. It's 11 points of damage. Is that with the plus 10? No. (laughs) I promptly forgot that. Holy shit. (laughs) Oh my god. You can can take sharpshooter every time. Okay. I can do it twice. Yay. Okay. So the the first shot was what? How much? 21. 21, yeah. Spruce, you feel this crushing pressure of the tentacles suddenly give way as this mind flare just falls over in front of you. An arrow sticking out of its head. Yes! Nice. Where's your second shot going? So is he just... Is he dead? Yeah. Oh, well then I'll go for the dragonborn barbarian. Okay. Oh. Oh dear. That would be negative two. <laughs> well, it's minus five, but... It's minus five, but you also get you still get all your pluses, but it's still going to miss. Okay, hold on. Right. You rolled a three. There has to be a floor somewhere. Yeah. Okay. It's... Matt, I sent you the Direwolf stats yes. to the group Yes, yeah, chat. I've got it. Thank you. All right, so it's dog... Direwolf time. Dog's turn. All right. Spruce is going to look at dog and just say, get him! <laughs> um, and dog is going to bite... Woof. <laughs> he's he's going to bite the barbarian. 
That is... 15 to hit? 15 just misses. Uh, oh, wait, he gets advantage because uh, both Brita and Gilly are right there, right? Uh, yep, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm engaged. That was worse. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so Brita makes two attacks. Uh, one of them connects. Not, not a crit this time, though. Not a crit this uh, time. Okay, and then next up is Faye. Max is already in the air, and the Mind Flare is dead. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to the Victorious. I'm going for with Max. All right, roll with advantage because he's engaged in all sorts of ways. I'm I'm assuming like when the Mind Flayer died, nothing changed in terms of this Dragonborn being like mind controlled, right? Correct. Okay. Twenty-one to hit. Ooh, that does it, yeah. Max is like, eat it, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I like Max. He's a little lippy, but I like him too. He's a man of few words, but they're all pretty great. Uh, Only five damage. Gilly, what do you got? Oh, wait. Bardic Inspiration. To whom? Uh, Gilly already has one, right? Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Britta's... Isn't it Britta next? And then Gilly? Yeah. Brita already went. Oh. We went at it. Rumok is after Gilly. Oh. Also, the last time Brita was <laughs> before, because yeah, I was going to give it to her, and then you said it was Gilly. We've gotten out of order. That's okay. Um, I will give it to the next person who is Rumak then. The next person who is Rumak? Okay. Yeah. I think Rumak is the next person who's Rumak. <laughs> Don't suck She's so also much. the last person who is Rumak. <laughs> Don't suck so much. Gotcha on a technicality. <laughs> All right, Gilly. Jeez, this guy's still in my face. Okay, well, I'm going to stab him again. Uh, I suppose I can use Booming Blade, because it's a cantrip. Mm-hmm. 17 to hit. 17 does hit. Oh, whew. Uh, 34 damage. 34? Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Did you crit again? No, it's just sneak attack, but it's 5d6 now. Jeez. Oh my god. <laughs> Shouldn't have let you guys get to level 9. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 5d6 will help. I mean, it's a it's a 1d4 dagger, plus 6, and then 1d8 from Thunder, and then 5d6. Where where are you stabbing him? Uh, Probably right right in the chesticle. Right, you, you jump up a little bit off the ground and bury that dagger into his chest cavity. You can feel the the boom vibrate throughout his his torso. And then you kind of like slide down and then he like slumps down onto his knees and falls over. Damn. Impressive. Can I... I would like to then use my bonus action, um, my cunning action that is to hide. So I'm going to try and use like this sudden moment uh, to break away and find some place to just like be out of line of sight and be somewhat hidden. And if possible, I like to ready a spell. So ready an action. Who, who are you trying to stay out of line of sight from? May I ask? Arizak. Okay. Steal it. And then I'm a readying a spell uh, based off the condition, based off of, his behavior, Arizax's behavior. 
Okay, so why don't we end with uh, Gilly trying to hide and preparing a spell, and then we'll we'll pick up with next time you rolling a hide check. <laughs>